Hello, my pearls. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode three of the Unfucked Creative. This is the podcast for overworked, overwhelmed and undervalued creative freelancers who want to make more money from their talent without selling out. This is episode three and I'm going to share something about myself. So this is kind of a this is a meet the host episode. So what I'm going to do is tell you about how I started my first business, um, the struggles that I overcame, why I started my business. Um, I'll tell you a bit about my my past as a singer and, and why I really, really wanted to start this podcast to help you guys. Now, I've been, I've had my voice coaching business for three years now, three and a half just coming up to three and a half years, I started in 2018. And what happened then was that I put an advert in Gumtree for six pounds. It costs more now. It's like almost double that now. Um, so I put an ad in Gumtree in the in the London Gumtree for six pounds. And I had a few inquiries and I had my first booking about five hours later that day. And with that booking, I made my six pounds back fivefold. So my first booking was £30. It was for an hour long singing lesson. So in those days, I I only, I can't believe, I can't believe it was so low. I only charged £30 for a singing lesson in those days. And the reason I say only is that I have been singing for 22 years now, just over 22 years. And so at that point, I'd been, I'd been singing for 18 years and I'd been teaching for about 14. So I was a very well experienced professional singer. I was a very experienced singing teacher and voice coach. Now, not only was I an experienced singing teacher and voice coach, I was a qualified singing teacher. I had qualified in 2011. And I also have a PGCE, which is a postgraduate certificate in education. So my teaching qualification to be able to teach in formal education in the UK is actually a master's level certificate. So I was very, very experienced. But what I wasn't experienced in was business. And so what I did was I looked around at other singing teachers and I set my prices based on them, which I now know wasn't the best thing to do. Because as I said in episode two, is our fees are set by the outcomes of our clients. Okay. And so now my fees are set by the outcomes of my clients. And so about me. So what did I do? Uh, I started my first business. I put the advert in. I had my first client booked and and it went from there. And I taught out of a place in Fulham called Dance Attic, which is is an old Roman bath building. It's a fabulous building. It's it's very much spit and sawdust. So it's not a glamorous building. Um, it has lots of different size rooms full of people uh, preparing uh, choreography, practicing um, shows, and lots of professionals use it. I've seen lots of celebrities there. I'm not going to name any names. Um, Dance Attic doesn't really like, I'll probably get in trouble for saying that actually, but (laughs) they've been there. And if you actually go to Dance Attic on North End Road in Fulham, you'll see that they have have portraits and people who have signed, people who have worked there and who have uh, used the facilities there. And so what happened was within three months, I was fully booked and it was great. You know, my uh, I, I thought this is this is brilliant. I was actually at that time, I wasn't teaching in Dance Attic. I tell a lie. I was actually going to people's houses, traveling to people's houses by public transport because I don't drive and I don't ride a bike. 
And so I was traveling to people's houses and I was teaching in their homes. So I taught people that already had a piano. Some of them had already been having piano lessons and some had been having singing lessons and it was mainly children. And this is another reason why the why the fees were low because although people definitely value private tuition and singing lessons and music lessons, they don't want to pay the full value because it seems expensive. And if you have children and if you have more than one child over the years, that does become quite expensive. Okay. So later on, my niche, my avatar changed and my niche changed, but I'll tell you about that later. So right at the beginning, I was traveling to people's houses and I was fully booked and it was great. I, I had plenty of money coming in. I was in a financially abusive relationship. So actually I had a lot of money coming in, but what I also had was a lot of money going out. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't see a lot of that money because I was spending it on rent. I was for my partner's rent because a lot of the time he couldn't pay his rent. I was buying food. Most of the time my partner didn't buy food and I was lending him money. I don't know what he was doing with his wages. He was working, but for some reason he wasn't able to keep hold of his money. So I had my income from my college job and I had income come from my voice coaching and most of it went to my partner at the time. Anyway, so what happened? I was fully booked, very, very busy, thought that I was doing great, but actually I had no time for myself and I was kind of miserable, you know, and I knew that something had to give. I knew that I needed to learn more skills so that I could not only get the right kind of clients stop having to travel to people's houses and start to teach in a place. So I found Dance Attic. I don't know why I hadn't heard of it sooner. But anyway, I eventually went to Dance Attic and started renting their rooms. Now, the reason that I'm surprised that I didn't know that Dance Attic rooms were available to hire for singing teachers was that I actually grew up in Fulham. So I knew of Dance Attic, but I, I didn't know that, that that facility was available to me. Anyway, um, so I grew up in Fulham. I grew up in the council estates of Hammersmith and Fulham. I was born in Hammersmith and I grew up around that area. So I know that area really well and I still love going back to Fulham. It's got lots and lots of very, very, very good memories. A few bad, but lots of very, very good memories. I didn't necessarily feel like I was poor, but I knew that I knew that I was poor. I knew that we were poor. I knew that we were a poor family. People were always talking about being skint. Um, people were always borrowing money from me. Adults were always borrowing money from each other. And I never had a holiday. But I didn't really care that we didn't have holidays because I never had one. And so I had nothing to miss. I had nothing to compare it to. And I think it was about 1984, around that time. I remember being eight, so it must have been 1984. And we... We're, we went on holiday to Butlins and if I'm right, I believe that the local authority paid for us to go or or gave us some money towards it or something, something like that happened. Now, I know that this is something that had happened in the 50s and 60s and possibly before and maybe into the 70s where local authorities or charities and organisations would pay for children or children and their families to go on holiday and they paid for us to go to Barry Island for a week and it was really, really, really good fun. But as a child growing up, I wasn't a singer. I was a dancer. And I wasn't a trained dancer. I just loved Madonna. I wanted to be a pop star. 
I loved Madonna, I loved anything to do with dancing. I would even watch the show Come Dancing. It wasn't strictly in those days, it was Come Dancing and it was all ballroom dancing. And if it was on late, I would stay up late and I would watch it. And if there was a repeat in the morning, I would get up early in the morning and I would watch it. And I I just dreamed and obsessed and fantasized about being a pop star the whole of my childhood. But I didn't want to be a singer. I wanted to be a dancer. I don't know how I thought I was going to be a pop star without being a, without being a singer, but I was obsessed with dancing. And so what happened was when I got to my teenage years and I had continued dancing, I used to choreograph my own dances. I used to make up dances for myself and my friends. I used to put on shows for my friends and my family. All my friends at school thought I was a bit weird because I was always putting on this show here, there and everywhere, dancing on the dining hall steps. I went to boarding school, so we had a separate dining hall and I used to dance on the dining hall steps and make up silly songs and was probably quite weird actually when I look back at it. <laughs> but I think that was all setting me up for what I do now. And so when I got to my teenage years and I left school and I tried to become a dancer, A, I couldn't follow choreography. So they were all going right and I was going left. <laughs> and B, it was too late because I hadn't trained. And so I kind of um, I, I kind of lost focus for a little bit and uh, did the thing of starting drinking. I didn't really find boys. I didn't find boys till I was 18. But I, I started, you know, going to clubs and started getting getting interested in music. And that was the 90s. I hadn't set out to be a singer and I certainly hadn't set out to be a voice coach or a singing teacher. So fast forward many, many years, a couple of decades actually. And so I was running my voice coaching business, but it wasn't a business. It was just me going out as a freelance voice coach, not even freelance, just a self-employed voice coach, taking money by the hour, doing lots of traveling and kind of getting myself into a rut. And so eventually I realized that I had to do something differently. And so I found some people that could help me. And in classic fashion, the first people I found didn't really help me in in any way, really. So there are a couple of full starts. And then eventually I found the right people. So I found the, the mentors and the coaches that actually taught me how to build a business. And it's actually not as as complex as you would think but it isn't easy and so what I did is I put into practice all of the things that they had done over the years to build their businesses but the mistake that I made was that I tried to do it all in one go <laughs> so I had all of this information and I had all of this enthusiasm did I just made loads of mistakes but but that's okay we, we learn from our mistakes and so what I then did is I went back to my mentors and my coaches and I said, look, I've tried this, but this isn't working. And so then they would help me to tweak what I was doing. And eventually my first business became profitable. There wasn't anything like this, like podcasts at that time. I'm sure there were. I didn't know of them. Um, and so that's why I wanted to create this podcast, because I didn't believe that I was an entrepreneur or a business owner. I just thought that I was a voice coach and I was self-employed. And so I want to get the message out there to anyone who's out there and you're listening to this and you see yourself just as a self-employed person or just as a freelancer. It is actually possible to create systems whereby you don't have to be at work to earn money. You don't have to be working all the hours that there are. You don't have to 
become confused and overwhelmed and you certainly don't have to feel that you're undervalued. So what I do is I help people like you to find your worth, understand your value and put things into place so that making money becomes a lot easier but it's not sleazy and it doesn't feel like you're selling out. Now I'm going to be honest with you my pearls, there have been times many, many times where I felt like giving up. I felt like I was, wasn't was cut out for business. I was like pretty much everything I touched turns to fucking shit. Um, I thought I would never be a successful entrepreneur and that I should just go back to teaching in colleges and youth, youth clubs like I used to do, just go back to getting a normal job. And I thought that many times because business is simple, but it's hard. There are ups and there are downs. And again, going to be honest with you guys, there are probably more downs than there are ups, but the ups do outweigh the downs. And of course, you know, when my clients are happy, that's when I'm at my happiest, when my clients are happy, when they get a win, when they get a result, when they can see themselves making progress, making moves and moving forward, and they leave with a smile on their face. That's that's what lights me up. Once I started to become uh, successful in that business, and when I say success, I mean I was making steady a steady income that I started to see a little bit of profit, not very much, <laughs> not very much, a little bit of profit. And I started to be able to reinvest that. Okay. Um, and so that's when the cycle begins and you know that you're in a business that you have and that you're running a business. And I was invited to become a co-founder of the Queens in Business Club. And what we do is we help other female entrepreneurs to start and to grow their businesses. Okay, now this isn't for everyone. And of course, it's for women. But my point is that now, you know, within within the year, a year of launching, Queens in Business Club became a six figure business. And that wasn't by luck. That's because there were six of us at that time, there are five now, but there are six of us implementing all of the information, experience, knowledge and expertise that we use to build our own businesses, pulled that into the Queens in Business Club and created something that is now um, a global community. So it's a global uh, female entrepreneurial community. It's the friendliest community there is. It sounds like I'm doing an advert for Queens in Business Club. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm just letting you guys know what's possible. So I started with a six pound advert in Gumtree and now I help to run um, a six-figure business and we're growing. I'm just a little girl from the, oh, I'm getting emotional. I'm just a little girl from a council estate in Fulham who dreamt of becoming a pop star. And I worked my fucking ass off. And if I can do it, you definitely can. I'm going to end there. <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch, if you'd like to know more about how you can get involved with either the Queens in Business Club or you're a creative freelancer who would like to know more about how you can make a profit from your talents without selling out. And definitely if you're a singer who'd like to know more about how I can help you with your voice and how I can help you to develop your artistry, help you to, to develop yourself as a professional artist, then get in contact with me, info at carrie-griffiths.co.uk. Stay hydrated. I will see you pearls soon. Love you lots. Ciao.